Welcome to the history of the band Six Shooter, as remembered by Dave Jackson. Welcome to the show. This show is best listened to with the very first episode to the latest episode. If you're on Apple Podcast, you're good to go. If you're in another app, you want to sort it oldest to newest and then download every single episode. And today we're starting at August 3rd, Sabotage or Taj in Louisville. The band arrives in the afternoon and replaces the blown speaker in a matter of minutes. They decide to adjust the monitors so Dave and Kevin can hear what they're singing on stage. What a novel idea. Unfortunately, John Snake is not fully functional and the band won't be able to move the soundboard. Strangely enough, had they needed to, all the plugs out front are now taken up with, hmm, things from Mike the DJ. It doesn't matter. By the end of the last set, the last night, the sound was pretty much right on. Now with the monitors and everything up, eh, we should be good. John and Dave arrive early to play pool only to find the table out of service. And being that it's about 4,000 degrees, a quick run to the air-conditioned Burger King takes place. Chuck jokes that the cost of Burger King is going to come out of Chris's beer money. And Dave then realizes that his Dick of the Night performance last night may be the new running gag. We're all kind of confused, and uh, so we decide calling Lee to find out where he's been, and it turns out that he's laying down, so at least we've solved the mystery. Hopefully the Burger King trip will not be too big of a mystery for Kevin when he arrives. Mike the DJ plays from 9.30 to 10, and as the band gets ready to perform, Kevin switches on the power amps only to have a loud come blaring out of the speakers. John and Kevin look at each other in horror. The question on everyone's lips was, what the f***? The song on the dance floor ends. Mike announces that Six Shooter will be on in about five to ten minutes. Maybe. Upon reviewing a reference sheet on the knob settings of the board, it's determined that someone has messed with the knob settings. The band will be going on late as they scramble to figure out what the heck is going on. Mike the DJ comes up to see what's going on and what caused that loud feedback. And when we explain that someone has messed with our board, he announces that he was the only one there today and that he didn't see anyone on the stage. Dave thinks that if anyone would have a motive here, it would be, yeah, you guessed it, Mike the DJ. Uh-oh. The band puts a Band-Aid on the system and lets it rip, and unfortunately, the vocals are extremely low out front. Dave pulls up a quick country chicken-picking guitar riff out of his butt to fill in the time as yet more tweaking is done to the system. He dubs this the Adjust the Sound System song. John and Chuck tweak and retweak the systems trying to find out what got adjusted. John Mouse, I, I don't know what's wrong during a song to Dave. This is really too bad as much of the band is really, really tired from the previous night. And since we have kind of a calmer demeanor, we are playing much more solid. And except for switching set one and two, the band performs the song the same. Chucky is dealing with Chuck, the bar owner, who is complaining about the sound. This is not looking good. The set ends, and John gets to work at troubleshooting the system. The bar owner later says that there were some past employees who were not thrilled about bands coming into play, and they were in the bar today. What, what, what? John discovers that the crossover was turned off. This means that both types of sound, the bass and the treble, went to every type of speaker, because usually... The bass notes go to the bass bins, the vocals go through the smaller speakers, etc., etc. This is possibly a damaging situation. 
So we are relieved that we found the problem. Now we're just crossing our fingers, hoping that nothing is damaged. Meanwhile, Kevin's girlfriend, Maria, it takes everything she has not to kick Mike the DJ's ass. While we have motive, we don't have any proof. The band launches into set two, and once again, set two seems to be the one where everyone hits their stride. Musically, we're back on track. John attempts to provide some monitors, which again are almost non-existent. Mistakes again are covered up. Song beginnings seem to be our weaknesses again. Dave notices that while walking by our stack of speakers, Mike pays special attention to the high-end speakers. Those are called tweeters. Hmm. John decides to announce that August 21st will be the beginning of the Battle of the Bands competition and thanks Cappies for bringing live country music back to Canton. Chuck is still helping John do some minor tweaking. The Saturday night crowd is much more of a dance crowd than Friday. Dave has a hard time keeping a straight face as a few drunken hags shake their groove thing right there on the dance floor. (laughs) This makes the in-between song banner much easier. The bar owner thinks everything sounds much better. He just wants it louder. That's different. Usually bar owners are like, turn it down. There was some crackling during the set and John discovers that one of the tweeters is blown. That sucks. This gig is becoming more and more expensive the longer it goes on. The bar owner stops Dave and says he'll then talk to him later after set three. The band goes into set three with the advice of turning Dave up just a little. The vocals sound good but we're now battling a high-end feedback that is trying to sneak in. The band performs Keeper of the Stars, and Kevin's vocals get a rousing applause. Kevin announces Last Call, and the band launches into Born to Boogie and Fast as You. Dave launches into the bar. He wanders all the way back to the pool room, only to find that, well, there's nobody back here. No knee sliding night, also. And with Dave back on stage, the final chord of Fast as You is played, and the two-day stint at Cappy's is in the record book. A tired band rips down in record time, loads the truck, and takes everything back to Kevin's. Before leaving, the band gets paid their $400 fee. Proving that what goes around comes around, Mike the DJ apparently did the following that night. He got stoned, played a bunch of rock music like Rock and Roll Night by Kiss and Personal Jesus by Depeche Mode, you know, those classic country songs, Then he took a swing at an undercover cop. The band doesn't expect Mike to be around if and when they play this bar again. August 6th, troubleshooting. The band assembles the system back in Kevin's basement, and it appears the horns were not damaged, but that crackling that we heard was caused by a bad chord. We also discovered that the new board needs a little more cleaning than expected. We lost a lot of our volume when we use that board. Dave premieres a song he wrote called Young at Heart Till I'm Too Old to Change. And while the vocals suck, because, well, Dave was doing the vocals, it seems to receive fair reviews. It's a little peppy number and not bad for a first attempt at a country song. A band meeting is held during the rewiring of some of the old speakers. Communication was discussed and being late. The band also discussed the undercover cop Because uh, Kevin's girlfriend, Maria, yeah, she's underage for drinking. And uh, also, Maria was bugging Chucky a lot. There was also some concern about Maria loudly voicing her opinion about a song that she feels sucks. Kevin says they've already had a talk and things should be fine. 
The band agrees that while we're out, as fun as it is, we are still acting as a business and must promote a certain amount of professionalism. Obviously, we weren't too bad, as Kevin will be returning Wednesday night to see about a future booking. John and Dave feel strange about this whole situation as they were friends with Maria, she also works at Graphic Enterprises, before she was a band wife. Under normal circumstances, they just would have spoken directly with Maria. Now, approaching it as a band issue almost leaves her out of the loop. And Dave really struggled with this concept. John is hungry after practice and Dave tags along to McDonald's. They both agree that they think there may have been a better way to handle bringing up concerns, but they're just glad that it didn't get ugly. And that is going to do it for this season of the history of Six Shooter. What's going on in the next episode? What's going on in the next season? We're going back to Cappies. That's right. So thank you so much for listening to this season. I'm going to kind of cut these about every nine or 10 episodes and we'll call that a season. And that'll give me a chance to go back, record a bunch more and then send them up there so you can binge listen. So the website is history of You can find our t-shirts out there. You can also subscribe and listen out there. Again, the website history of Thanks so much for listening. And if you have any feedback, we've got a contact button out there as well. The website history of Thanks for listening. We'll see you again real soon. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world, one download at a time.